Uh, Corey gave us a word and he gave it to me and, and so please don't hear this about oh, I'm showing you this so you would be like oh wow that's an awesome word for you Liam. I really feel like the word is for our church and for the house. So when you hear uh, me just put the sanctuary in there as, as me as the representation. Um, he actually prophesied, you'll hear it, he prophesied about uh, nine months and being pregnant. He had no idea that Shen and I were pregnant. And, um, and just some of the words that he gave, even Andrew and Dean and others, uh, were just incredible. Uh, some of you have already heard it. It's on YouTube, podcast, you can listen to it. But I just wanted to share it um, here because I really believe, um, and then Dean's going to come up and preach, uh, but I really believe what the Lord's doing is this. Galatians 4.20 says, My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. And Ephesians 4.13 um, says, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And what I really believe the Lord is doing is... He could do anything that he wants to do. He's God. He doesn't need our permission, but he just loves doing things with us. And uh, my favorite story of one of our kids is Lyra was probably 18 months old. And um, she I've shared this before, but she helped me move a, a book cabinet from one place to another because I was painting it. And uh, she grabbed one end, I grabbed the other, and I lifted 100% of it, and she grabbed the other end. And she's like, oh! And she put it down, and I said, why did you love doing that? And she said, I just loved being with you. And I just feel like we need to catch this, and I believe this prophetic word over this house is we need to catch this because the Lord wants to do something in this house, and He wants to do something in this region, and um, it's it's gonna take it's gonna just not take one or two, but it's gonna take an, an army, a company of people, and you'll hear that word in, in the prophecy, and um, and it's it's time that we actually that's why I had you hold hands because it's time that we lock arms together. And actually, there'll be no uh, kink in the armour and uh, we'll be able to take back what the enemy has actually stolen uh, in this region. And so take a listen and then Dean's going to come up and, uh, and share. And get in the drafting effect because something significant is on this house. Something significant is happening in this region. Something significant is, is upon Liam and Dean and the team. And you're a part of it. And you're imbibing of it. Father, I just thank you for Liam right now, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for this man of God. I thank you, Father, for the grace that you've placed upon his life. You've wrecked him, Lord. You've broken his heart for the things that break your heart. I believe the Lord is calling you to be an apostle to this region. There are nations and lands on your heart, but this region in particular is going to be like a well-watered garden. And the Lord has called you to be a Gideon to this region. And what starts as a few is going to turn into many. And the Lord showed me that in the next nine months, there is going to be this, uh, this uh, almost like you're pregnant with uh, not just a vision, but you're pregnant with a promise and a word for land. And we've been singing, we're going in. That isn't just spiritual and metaphorical, it's actually literal. The Lord showed me that he has a building, he has land for you. 
and he is going to give it to you. And the Lord said to me that in nine months' time, in the next nine months, there's going to be this development, this growth inside of this house and inside of you. But the Lord showed me in nine months' time that there's going to be an open doorway and an opening to land and to property. And the Lord says it is not going to be another church that opens its doors, but I'm going to give you almost like a, a secular uh, property, like a, 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 an unbeliever is going to extend grace and mercy and you're going to build a relationship with them and a door is going to open and the Lord is going to miraculously supply and provide all the provision you need to occupy that land and that territory. You are going in sanctuary. You're going into your own property. And the Lord showed me that there was a, a, a company a company in the army, and it's interesting, Andrew talks about, I'm, I'm a part of the Lord's army. A company is 250. The Lord showed me, I saw 500 people being drawn to this house and calling this church home. And I saw the boundary places, the boundary lines of this house spreading out to the left and to the right. And you'll say, the lines, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. The hand of the Lord is upon you. And he has called you for such a time as this in this region and I saw that there were those who would lap at the water's edge and there were those who would kneel and cup with their hands and the Lord says I'm sending you the lappers I'm sending you those who would jump into the river of my presence I'm sending you those who are hungry even those who get saved and established in this house will be all in all out that that, that it's you can't be you're either you can't be one foot in one foot out in this house you're either all in or you're all out and the Lord says I'm sending you those who are all in and they're going to people are going to sell lands and people are going to sell property and people are going to sell houses and cars and they're going to come and sow into this house and the Lord says I'm going to uh, arrest people's attention about relocating to this region and this region will be like a well watered garden and the vision that you have for revival in this region will be established says the Lord because I've called this house to be a house of revival in this region, says the Lord. I am doing a new thing in this house, says the Lord. And I'm doing a new thing through this family. I'm doing a new thing through you. And things that you've believed for and things that you've uh, declared in prayer and prophesied, the Lord says, it shall be established before you. You shall see it before your eyes. You're coming into a Kairos moment. You're coming into a time and a season, says the Lord. Hey, what? Can we all can we all stand? I just think when the way the prophetic operates is when when a prophetic word is released, it, it just there's a grace that comes upon it, and um, and so I just believe that there's grace in the room today, and I don't like if you that whole word it's it's about us, but it's not about us, because we 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 realize that God. <laughs> God loves the bride of Christ, amen. He loves the bride in this region. He loves the bride locally and globally. But it's about this region, our hearts for a region. I just, I feel called to this region. Uh, we've been doing prayer walks, outreach in, in Lilydale. We're in the city last night praying. And I just believe that when you, when you pray and you break something open in the spirit, it breaks something open in the region. 
And there's a grace that God has right now. It's a, so grace is unearned, undeserved favor, blessing. We always have grace, but there is specific grace that God brings that we can jump on the wave and the Lord does the work and he releases what he says he's going to do. Come on. And so can we just, can we just pray into that as a family? I just believe there's power on that as we pray together. Just stand in faith with me as we pray. But God, I just, I thank you for this region, Lord. I thank you for the Yarra Valley. I thank you all the way over to Hillsville, Yarra Glen, all these areas, Lord, up to Ringwood, up to the mountain, God, this area, Father. We just, we claim it for the kingdom of God. We just declare the kingdom of God is breaking out in this area. We declare that the church is a house of worship, a house of the word, a house where people are built up. But we declare that people are getting out of the four walls. We declare that people are bringing the kingdom of God into the streets and businesses. We thank you for the land, God. We thank you for the promised land that you have for us, Lord. We thank you, God, for regional breakthrough. And Father, I, I just I pray, God, as, as Moses experienced your tangible glory, May we experience your tangible glory in this house and in this region, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. May there be a cracking open in the spirit in this region. Come on, church. May there be a cracking open in this spirit in this region that suicide rates will come down. Father, that depression will come down. Lord, that schools, that, that youth will experience a movement, a Jesus movement amongst the youth, God. We just pray for that, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hey, just really quickly, stay. Just, I had, I had a word. Uh, it was Jenny. I had a word for you and a word for someone else. Um, Jenny, I just saw over you. I saw you, your ministry. I, I, heard, I heard the Lord say, get ready to take off. And I heard him say, you're actually going to reach denominations. Like you're going you're gonna to cross denominations and it's going to be like a cross-pollination. And uh, I, just see, I just see God saying, get, get ready to take off because your ministry is going to reach people that people thought were unreachable. It's going to reach denominations where, where they, they don't experience God the way we do, where they've quenched the spirit. And I see that there is a gentle spirit upon what you do. And that's actually going to reach into the heart of other denominations. And it's like it's going to break off hardness in them. It's going to break off religious spirits. So just put your hands towards Jenny. Lord, favor, 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 we pray. We pray for favor, God. We thank you for your grace on her and Neil, Lord. We bless them in Jesus' name. And even, even the, the 50 years of marriage, Lord, that unity, may there, God, be a unity, a deep unity between your thoughts and, and their thoughts and her thoughts, and that it will be released to those around them. We pray for favor. And I just ask, God, more miracles, more healings, more breakthrough. In Jesus' name, we pull on the promises of heaven for, for them in the name of Jesus. And I ask God, connect them with the right people as well. I just pray for favor with the right people. I pray for favor with ministries, favor with pastors and leaders. In Jesus' name, grace for that, Lord. I pray for grace for that, Father. Grace for that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Solomon, I just saw over you, I just saw a banner written over you, Solomon, and it said new life. And, uh, and I saw the Lord leading you into like a greenhouse. 
And, uh, and a greenhouse is a place where you can, you can, there can be a totally different atmosphere on the outside, but the greenhouse is tailored for the atmosphere to grow plants, and you can have a greenhouse in the desert. And, uh, and so I just saw new, a banner of new life over you, and uh, I just saw that there's this greenhouse that God's teaching you to tend to. And, uh, and uh, I just, I see, I actually, I see you learning to bring emotional healing to people. And, uh, and there's a really specific call. It's actually a really unique call that's been misunderstood by people upon your life. And, uh, but I just see that, that you're going to learn to bring emotional, there's an anointing on your life to bring emotional healing to people around you. And I, I just, the, the Lord is saying, get into that greenhouse and let him form it in you. Let Christ be formed in the greenhouse of your heart, Solomon. In Jesus' name, we bless him. We bless him. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And we, we just, uh, there was a testimony, a guy came up last week and we prayed. Uh, it was for sleep. It was during the conference and I just had a word that people aren't sleeping well and who knows that God just wants you to sleep, sleep well. <laughs> God, he promises his beloved rest, amen. And sleep is the main way that we, we get healing in our body. Sleep's the main way we get rest in our soul. And so, uh, and so he came back the, the next day. The, uh, so he hadn't been sleeping uh, well for like a month. And he came back and he said he had an amazing night's sleep. Come on. So if there's anyone in the room, I just want you to put your hand up right now. If there's anyone in the room and you're not sleeping well, like whether it's a sickness or anything like that that's stopping you from sleeping or you're just not, you're getting nightmares or things like that, just put your hand up. Come on. See, Tim's getting his wife to put his hand up for him. That's the way to go. That's the way to do it. Yeah, put your hand up and uh, can we just get some people around them and let's just pray for them. I just, I just, I really believe that, that this is not just me sharing it for the sake of it. The Lord just showed me that, that there's really, he wants people to sleep well. And so Father, we just release rest upon people. I just pray for rest upon people's hearts, upon people's minds. I rebuke stress and worry. We cancel the assignment of stress and worry and sickness that's robbing them of their sleep. And in Jesus' mighty name, we claim rest for them. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you for a good night's sleep tonight, God. Our Father, I pray for dreams and visions, dreams and visions, Father, for them in Jesus' name. That they, Lord that their, rest, their, their sleep time would be a time of encountering the Lord because it's a time of dreaming with God. So we pray for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Just bless him. Bless him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you do, if you sleep better, make sure you get back to me. Not while you're sleeping. Yeah, sleep, sleep is good. Yeah, sleep is good. Hey, I did this with our, we, did, we had a Jesus night the other, oh, when it was probably the last one whatever, and I did this, so a few people have done this, but we, we call this a brain break, but I want you to do it again, I do this with our students in school, and so you've got to go like that, right, so one thumb up, one finger on your other hand, and then you've got to switch like that, okay, and you've got to go like that, right, so see how you go, do that. So most people will be going like, whoa, whoa, like all random stuff. Yep, come on. So you're in church. This is what we do in church. If you didn't, it's very biblical, right? 
So you know, you know there's people in the room and you've got it. There's people in the room and you've got that because it, it comes to your subconscious mind and you learn to pick it up. It's a motor skill and who knows that when you've learned a motor skill, all of a sudden it becomes so normal that you can just do it without even thinking, right? But there's other people, you're going really slow with that because you're like that because you have to think, yeah? Because you haven't learnt it. It's not in your subconscious mind. And the Lord wants to change the default of what people think and do. Did you know that? God actually wants to change your default so you would think naturally supernatural. Come on. Because there's people in the room and you're going throughout your day and your thinking's not helping you. The default of your life isn't helping you. And it's like you want to live for the Lord. You want to live out of His kingdom, His resources, His ways. But you're going like this all the time, like that. And it's like, you're not working. You've got two thumbs up and it's not working for you. Come on. And the Lord's saying he actually wants to shift the subconscious, the default of who you are, so that naturally, supernaturally, he will flow out of you. Come on. All right. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching better than you're responding, but that's all good. It's all good. You're here, you're alive. I love what Seth shared the other week. He's like, who in the room, if you said have $100 million, you'd take it. But then it's like it got really somber because he said you can't wake up the next day if you take it, right? And no one would take $100 million if you couldn't wake up the next day. So that means that you value waking up more than $100 million. Come on. Like that was a bombshell. I was just like, woo, I'm going to use that one. I just did. Bang. <laughs> Psalm 127. I feel like there's joy. There's just joy in the house. Come on. I've never seen, I have never seen someone like go up to someone during their preaching, grab their ponytail and swirl. Like, come on, man. Woo! We need to loosen up. Some people need to loosen up. That would, if you're going to get offended, come on. That would work. Psalm 100. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 127. Psalm 127, this verse, whew, it's just, um, yeah, it's been wrecking me lately. Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds a house, they who build it labor in vain. You know, that, that Hebrew word for vain means empty and deceitful. Empty and deceitful. How many times did the devil trick people by deceit and then their life is full of emptiness? And we have people who have everything, but they still feel empty. Come on. Unless the Lord builds a house, they who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord's building it. So I just, I want you to get really practical because whenever the scripture talks about a house, we take it practically and we're talking about the house of our life. Unless the Lord builds my life, it, I'm laboring in vain. It's deceitful. It's a false thing that looks good, but it's actually empty in my life. I mean, come on, how many people do you see like that? And they have everything and it's like, it's like they've got it all, but there is an emptiness in their heart. Oh, the amount of people I speak to and you tell them about Jesus 
and, and like they're, they're sharing I'm like how's your life and they're like oh it's just empty I've got all this I've got the house I've got the wife I've got the kids I've got all this stuff but I just feel empty it's because they don't have the Lord and they're not building with the Lord Whew. and he says the watch uh, unless the Lord guards the city the watchman stays awake in vain wow it's futile, futile for you to rise up early, to, to stay up late, to eat the bread of painful labor. This is how he gives to his beloved sleep. So he gives rest to our lives because his grace is actually flowing through our lives. So if I'm not living from a place of rest, it means that God's grace isn't operating in my life. All right, amen. The Passion Translation. I just want to read this. I just love, like... Come on. Psalm 127, I want to read this in the Passion Translation. If God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's grace isn't flowing and helping my life, I'm laboring in vain. I'm doing it all. I'm trying to get stuff done. I'm working hard. I'm doing it in vain, right? If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle it in vain. It really is senseless to work so hard from early morning till late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. I mean, that'll preach. Come on. That'll preach. Woo! God can provide for his devoted lovers even while they sleep. God, God is so big. God is so good that he can provide for you even in your sleep. God can work things around on your behalf that even while you're sleeping, you have provision coming in. Come on. I'm talking finances, I'm talking connections with people, I'm talking health for your body, I'm talking health for your emotions, I'm talking the whole shebang. All right, we're getting it? The Lord provides. So I just, we, we want to build with God. We're learning, I believe that the, the, our walk with the Lord is you're learning to build with God. We are learning to build with God. Some people, you just need to be like, all right, I've come to the end of myself. God, why don't you do something? <laughs> like, we're, we're working so hard and it's like, Lord, actually, why don't, I'm just going to welcome you into what I'm doing, right? Like so many people, it's like we try and get stuff done and then it's like by the 10th trial, we're like, maybe I'll pray about it. I mean, uh, is this too simple for people? Like, I don't know if you came to hear some third heaven revelatory message, but... But I just believe this is the word of God for you. Come on. Um, we've, uh, Hazel's at an age. She's at an age, right? And she's almost two. And man, she just like, she's at that age where you have to play with her. And if you don't play with her, it's the end of the day. And then it's like, oh man. She's a strong personality, which is awesome. We prayed for that. So we, we answered, the Lord's answering our prayers. And, um, and she loves building towers. Like, man, does she love building a tower. And, but you have to build the tower with her. But you have to sit with her and build the tower. But then whatever you put on the tower, she has to take off the tower because that's not the right thing to put on the tower because only she can build the tower. So you have to sit there and watch the tower that she's building. Right? I mean, is any, did anyone get that? Anyone feeling me? Right? <laughs> and I'm, oh, man. I'm just thinking, this is, ah, oh. 
And I have to sit there and keep attention to her building this tower. And whenever I put one on, I want to contribute because, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm, it's going to, I'm going to do it well. If I'm building that tower, it's going to be a dang good tower. And she's building it. I'm like, that's not going to work. Like, that tower is not good, Hazel. Like, I don't say that to her. But I'm thinking in my mind, like, if I'm going to sit here for half hour, I'm going to have some fun too, right? <laughs> and so it's like, no. So I'll put that on it. No, no, no. And I'm like, man. And then I build. And then, I, and then so, like, I'm watching her build. Who knows that I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm in a dance between her building the tower, me building the tower, her, her working with me to build this tower so we can actually get a tower built. Otherwise, it just keeps getting knocked down. It won't work. It gets up to level one. Done. Right? And, and, and I mean, I just think like that it, we are in a dance with the Lord. You know, the Trinity, they call it the perichorosis. It's, it, it, the, the Trinity, it's the way they relate to one another. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is they're dancing together. That's a word. It's, they're learning to dance. So, so the Lord, the perichorosis, the Trinity, it's like they're learning, they're dancing in unison and we actually need to learn to dance with God. You, you, need, you need to learn to, we're learning to build with Him. And it's like, oh, like who knows that God, He's not going to control your life, right? All right, no one in the room knows that. Cool, all good. God, God's not going to control your life, right? But then who knows that He gives us this life he makes us brand new and then he says, hey, you come back to me and let's work together. Let's labor together. Come into my flow of grace so that grace can pour into what you're doing. And too many people, we're doing things and we're like, yes, I'm blessed, I'm favored. And it's completely true. We're in a new covenant with God. We are fully blessed, fully favored, unearned, undeserved, seated with Christ in heavenly places. But so many people cut themselves off from the grace of God because they're saying, yep, God, cool, you're there, I'm here, I'm going to run that way, bless what I'm doing. And who knows that sons will always come in to what God is blessing and what God is doing. Come on. Oh. And so, like, one of my favorite, one of my favorite stories, well, not my, I feel sad for Saul, but he's King Saul. He, the Lord gives him a word and he says, hey, I want you to, I want you to go do this. I want you to go destroy all these, you know, Old Testament stuff. Come on. I want you to go destroy this nation. I want you to take it out. And he goes and God says, totally, everything gone. But Saul, he, he, he doesn't destroy everything. And he's sacrificing to the Lord. He takes the sheep, he takes all this stuff to then go and sacrifice to God because he's won the victory. And, and the prophet Samuel comes to Saul and, and Saul's like, hey, won an awesome victory. Come on, like we did the Lord's will. Awesome. And, and Samuel's like, what, what's this I hear? Like, why am I hearing the, the sheep? Why am I hearing all this stuff? You, you were meant to destroy it all. And, and, and Saul's like, no, 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 it's, I'm good. Like, like, I'm sacrificing this to God. I'm sacrificing to the Lord. And, and Samuel says to Saul that don't you know that the Lord desires obedience over sacrifice? That is one of the most incredible verses in the Bible right there that God desires obedience over sacrifice. 
that means that I can be sacrificing something to God, thinking, God, bless this, bless this, bless this. I'm sacrificing it to you, but I'm actually not being obedient. The Lord desires obedience over sacrifice. He wants people who will just learn to build with Him. Come on. He wants people who will get into the flow of His grace, who will jump into the river, and who will say, Lord, I'm ready to build with you today. I want to be a co-laborer, a co-builder with you. So there's things, and I'm just going to make this really, like there was, a, there was, I had a big decision to make, and I heard God really clearly. I'm like, Lord, I'm just, because who knows, we, like most people, I think, our, our, like here at the sanctuary, most people are like, yep, I'm giving my all to Jesus. Come on, like we would be, like we're following Jesus. Come on, we're laying our lives down for him, right? And who knows that you can be in a place where you're doing that, but there's no grace on that, right? And so I, was, I had a big decision to make, and I'm like, oh, God, well, I'm just sacrificing to you. Like, Lord, I'm doing your will. I'm here. I'm in this place. I'm doing your will. I'm sacrificing to you. I'm going to keep doing that. But the Lord led me straight to this scripture, and this was one of the key scriptures for me. He says, you can do that. You can sacrifice. You can keep, and, and that, that's good, but I desire obedience over sacrifice. See, who knows that sometimes grace can be lifted to another area so that you're getting dry and you realize that, oh, I actually have to move to where God is going. Come on. Because there's grace there. And there's too many people, I know, I'm, maybe I'm explaining this the wrong way, but you, you're getting my point. There are too many people where it's like, God, I'm sacrificing here. I'm serving here. I'm serving here, God. I'm doing the call of God in my life. I'm serving here. I'm serving here. And the Lord's saying, whoa, just hold up. Sacrifice is good. But who knows that you have an active relationship with the Holy Spirit who wants to learn to build, who, who you're learning to build with. You, who, it, you're meant to grow daily with God in a relationship with Him and I'm leading you this way. The grace is over here. Come on. So like Elijah the prophet, God leads him to a brook and he's been fed by angels and then the food stops coming. Why? Because God's saying it's time to move on. Come on. It's time to move on from there. Grace is bringing you this way. And there's no point pulling against the grace of God. Hello. So there's, we need to be a people who will say, I'm learning to build with the Lord. Lord, I'm learning to build with you. What are you doing? What are you saying? And there's such a joy in that. I've found such a joy in my life in that because no longer is it me just having to follow principles, follow doing this. I'm following Him. Whoa. I'm following who He is. I'm following the Holy Spirit. Who, like, like, Provide, I'll provide language for this. So many people believe in Jesus, but they're not following Jesus. Oh, come on. Boom, 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 boom. That'll hit your heart. So many people are believing Jesus, but they're not following Jesus. Like, like yeah, I, I believe in Jesus. I believe we're meant to walk in love. I believe in the key doctrines of this. But then, but then when God brings a test along, when God brings a person into your life who you're like, that person is really difficult, right? Are you going to follow Jesus or are you just going to believe? Come on. See, who knows that God will work things around 
because he wants to teach you how to follow him, not just believe in him. And I believe that we're meant to co-labor, we're meant to co-build with the Lord. Amen? So, Beck and I, shift gears, we bought a house in the last year, and who knows that when you're getting a house, I was so happy I had my father-in-law with me, great man, because he can look through and say, yep, that's good, yep, that's bad, otherwise I'd pick something dodgy, and then be in trouble. And so, who knows that when you look at, there's some key things to look at when you look at a house, right? And one of the key things is the foundations of the house. And so he gets under the house, he's crawling under there, I'm just standing out there on my phone, twiddling my thumbs, and he's under there doing all the work. Oh man. And he's under there, and they're concrete, they're concrete uh, stumps, right? So the stumps, are really, that's really good. It, who knows if the foundations of a house is good, you can deal with the rest. That's fine. A house can look really good. If it's got terrible foundations, you don't want it. The foundation's going to be eaten out. Uh, foundations of wood, they can be rotting because of water, all that stuff, right? So the foundations of a house are really important. So Jesus says in John, uh, oh, John 14, he says that who knows that if you, if you love me, you'll obey my commands and my Father and I will come and we'll make our home in you, right? We'll come and make our home in you. In other words, God wants to make his home in you. So I, I, I want to describe it like this. When you are born again, when you first put your faith in Jesus, he, he rips out the old foundations and he puts brand new foundations in there. Concrete. It can't, can't be broken. That can't be changed, right? He puts these foundations in your heart. It's called a new heart, a brand new creation, right? But then many people think, oh, great, awesome. Now I'll either go do what I want or now God will do everything for me, right? Who knows that we then need to learn to build our house on those foundations, right? So use your imagination for me. We're learning to build our life, our heart, who we are upon the foundations of what God has already done in our heart, right? And so Jesus, he, he put it like this. Jesus said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, Matthew 7, and puts them into practice, he's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Someone should write a song about this. Yet it did not fail, fall. Only half of you got that, that's fine. Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. So foundations. God's talking about the foundations. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. It fell with a great crash. This whole context of this passage is Jesus had just been teaching on the kingdom of God. He'd just been teaching that, oh, you live like this, but I'm actually bringing another kingdom that thinks and does the total opposite. So you're meant to take revenge on your enemies. Now I'm saying, bless those who persecute you. Well, God, that's not very nice. I can't be bothered doing that. That's hard work, right? But there's grace on that. Many people don't realize if you just jump into the word of the Lord and get in line with what he's doing and what he's saying, there's actually grace upon that to empower what you want to... What, he wants to do in your life. Come on. So many people will withhold forgiveness from someone, not realizing that if they learn to forgive, when you forgive that person, it actually creates a grace that God can flow into their life and touch their life. 
That's why Jesus said, forgive those. Forgive them. He gave his disciples authority to forgive, a really strange thing to do. But the reason he did that is because when he said, if you forgive someone, or if they've hurt you and you forgive them, Lynn would never hurt me. She's beautiful. But if, if Lynn hurt me and I withhold forgiveness, what I'm saying is, God, you're not allowed to move in her life. And I'm actually blocking the flow, a spiritual flow of grace to Lynn. And I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot because I want that person to be a better person because they hurt me, but then I won't forgive them. So then God's grace won't flow. But all of a sudden, when I forgive, all of a sudden it creates an atmosphere for the Lord to come in and touch their life and for grace to flow into their life. Are you getting that? So there's, a, there's grace upon what God tells us to do. Oh, man, this is good stuff. Like, this is, I mean, it's simple, but it's really good. And so the Holy Spirit, He's the master builder, Right? He, God has given me brand new foundations in life. And, and so the foundations in our house are really good. So now Beck and I, we can do, who knows that we can do whatever we want with that house. Many Christians, like, this is grace. God, we, we become born again. We become, we, we, any man being Christ is a brand new creation. And now God gives us freedom to do whatever we want to do in our life. He actually gives us freedom to do that. But he says, I love you and I want a relationship with you into the future. Show me, like, like partner with me because I can help you build an amazing life. But too many Christians, they get, they, they, it's, like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really a false grace because it's like, oh, like I'm saved, born again, now I can go do whatever I want, cool. And it's like, God's like, no, no, no. Like it's the loving kindness of God that leads us to repentance, grace upon grace upon grace. When I understand how good he truly is, why would I want to live a life that's any different from what he's designed me to live? Come on. And so we're like, we're learning. I'm learning to build with the Lord. I'm learning to build my, my house with him. Like I'm not talking physically now. I'm talking here. I'm learning to build my house with him. I'm learning to build the rooms of my heart so that he can dwell there. So the Holy Spirit is the master builder. And the kingdom of God, which he teaches about, is a resource. So the kingdom is like resources. They are tools for you to build with. And who knows that if you build with the wrong tools, it's going to be a crappy house. Right? God still loves you. You're still a brand new creation in Him. You're born again. I've never seen anyone get unborn again. Maybe it happens. I've just never seen it, right? If you take that snippet, someone could chuck that on YouTube. The sanctuary teaches heresy. No, no. Get the context of what I'm saying, right? It's okay. Every, you, we can loosen up. I know I'm flowing like I'm getting serious. They're not serious. You guys, you have permission to laugh. It's fine. You can laugh, guys. It's all good, right? And, yeah. And, um, oh, I lost my spot. Dang. That's it. Thank you. And so God gives us, he says in Luke 17, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So the Holy Spirit, he's the master builder and he's teaching me how to use the tools of the kingdom of God to build the house the way he wants to build it. 
and we're working together because who knows that like the Lord, like some people like are building peace in your life. So you're building a room of peace and you're using the kingdom of God to build peace in your heart. Who knows that when, when worry, anxiety and stress comes along in your life, the Lord's not dealing with worry, anxiety and stress. God, take away worry, anxiety and stress. That's a bad prayer. What he's doing is he's teaching you how to use the tool of peace in your life. He says, my kingdom is a different kingdom. I've given you my peace. Now I want you to take it. If there's worry, stress and anxiety, take my peace. Here's peace. Take it. Take it. Some people need peace today. Come on. So he's teaching you how to function in peace. Some people, it's like you got a friend and they're like, oh, I've got this injury or I've got this thing. And, and, and like you keep wimping out praying for them. It's all right. We've all done it. I'll probably still do it, right? So you need to build the room of healing in your, in your life. God wants to build a room with his kingdom of healing so that when healing needs to come, I'm talking physical healing, when healing needs to come in someone's body, there is a room I can run to in my heart where I've built a stronghold with God where faith and hope is released for healing so I can pray for someone. Come on. So there's some people and you're, you're too scared to tell people about Jesus. So the Lord is releasing the boldness from his kingdom and he's teaching you the Holy Spirit, the master builder, is teaching you how to build a room of boldness in your heart. Come on. Is, are we getting this? Right? We're learning to build with the Lord. We're learning to build with him. So there's rooms in our house that God wants to tear down. There's rooms in our house that we've built that the Lord's like, that's actually not helping you. And so I'm releasing this from my kingdom. I want you to partner with me. I want you to take that. I want you to get rid of that crappy, dilapidated, hopeless room. And I'm releasing hope into that area of your life, baby. Come on. Woo! So Proverbs 24.3 says, With wisdom a house is built. We're almost done, by the way. I got like through a quarter of what I had, but that's fine. With wisdom, a house is built. With understanding, it is established. And with knowledge, its rooms are filled with treasures. With wisdom, Proverbs 24.3, because the senior pastor told me to, I better do it. Proverbs 24.3, I'll say it again. With wisdom, a house is built. With understanding, it is established. And with knowledge, its rooms are filled with treasures. So wisdom, who knows that Proverbs, it talks about the fool, the foolish one and the wise one. In other words, it talks about the spirit of the world and the Holy Spirit. So whenever you see wisdom in the book of Proverbs, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 8 is the Holy Spirit, right? And when, he, when, he, when it looks at uh, anything else, the foolish is talking about the spirit of the world. And so it's the desire of the Holy Spirit in my life that I would take all the tools that he's giving me to build a house that would begin to release his resource into the world around me. Come on. And it says that God's given us his kingdom. So that means that every believer has the potential to do something that God hasn't given them. You have a choice who you partner with. God's given me his kingdom, right? So that means there's things that haven't been given to me that I can still use that aren't good for me. So Timothy, I look at Timothy as a great example because Timothy in the scriptures, Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, that 
stir up the gift within you because I haven't given you. God hasn't given you. Did you get that? That's a really important line. Because God hasn't given you. In other words, it's not a part of your identity. It's not a part of the resources, the inheritance that you have in Christ, but you're partnering with it and you're using it and you shouldn't. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, right? In other words, Timothy was partnering with fear and it was building something in his house that wasn't good. It was building something that was blocking the flow of grace in his life. And like Timothy, I rate Timothy. He's good. I rate him. Like if you want to read on the life of Timothy, study him, the scriptures. He, he, he pastored the church of Ephesus. He was Paul's spiritual son. He was an evangelist. He was a pastor. He was a preacher. He was a mighty man, right? But he was partnering with fear and it was crippling his life and crippling those around him. And Paul says, God hasn't given you that. It's time to stop partnering with the wrong spirit in your life and time to start partnering with the Holy Spirit who has given you power, love, and a sound mind. Come on. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. We... I'll, I'll just, I'll be honest, like we, like this, and this was not too long ago, this was probably like a year or two ago, I was getting really critical and judgmental. Like, I was, there, there, like, and I didn't even meet, like, my thought life, the default, so what I said at the start, the default of my thought life would go to judgment, criticism. So when I looked at the world, when I looked at the news, judgment, criticism. When I, I'd come into, I'd come into, if I, and it sounds, sounds terrible coming from, a, <laughs> coming from someone past of it, I would go into a church and, and instead of like worshipping and giving all my heart, I would step back and I would be like, oh yeah, it's a bit loud or it's not loud enough or oh, what's that song or that song or that, that person, what are they doing over there? Oh, that, that person is an amazing worship leader, bang, bang, bang. Some of that's bad, some of that's not bad, but... I was partnering with a critical and judgmental spirit. You would be surprised at how many people partner with the spirit of the world and they're godly people. And we partner with something that's actually not the Lord. And so God, like it was a boom, conviction hit my heart. And he's like, you actually are partnering with the wrong thing in your life. And you actually need to start partnering with me. You you need to get a spirit of encouragement in your heart. And so it was like, I'm learning. So look, we're learning to build with God. We're learning to build rooms in our heart. And so like, I've, got to, I've got to build a room of encouragement in my heart. Lord, I've got the tools of your kingdom. Lord, show me. I've got the resources of your kingdom. I'm going to start thinking differently, believing differently, speaking differently. And so anytime criticism or judgment would be like, whoop, get ready, it's coming out. I would be like, nah. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm releasing encouragement today. I'm releasing encouragement today. You know, something would, someone would do something really bad 
I'm releasing encouragement over them. I'm going to be a great encourager. I'm just going to commit, and I did this, I'm going to commit for, for this next couple of months to be really intentional in being an encourager and taking every thought captive of judgment and criticism and getting that out and releasing a spirit of encouragement to people around me, to what I see. Even like I'd be driving along in the car and like I would see stuff that would just be like, that person's annoying me, but I'm encouraging. Lord, bless them. Lord, get them with your kindness. Come on, today's going to be an awesome day. Some people, you're literally partnering with the wrong spirit. And there's so many Christians, we, we go around like intellectual know-it-alls. Come on, oh man, I could get myself in trouble here. But we go around like intellectual know-it-alls and we walk around partnering with a spirit, right? which isn't from God. God hasn't given you that. He's given you power, love, and a sound mind. He's given you encouragement. So it's time to build that room within your heart. Come on. All right. We're there. We're there. We're there. We're there. Oh. So I just think like Solomon had a dream. God comes to Solomon in a dream. And Solomon's like, I've got this big assignment, Lord, but I, I want to build with you. And, and David's ministry was built on bloodshed, which is a picture of the law, the old covenant. But Solomon, Solomon's uh, reign was built on peace, which is a picture of the new covenant, right? And, and Solomon says, Lord, I, I, I want to build with you. What am I going to do? And God gives him a dream. God comes to him in a dream and imparts wisdom to him in a dream. Some people, you need to think bigger of God. Some people, you need to shift the default of your life. You need to realize that God might give me a dream tonight that could shift my whole world. When I go to bed tonight, God could actually invade my dream life and could actually give me a dream that changes the course of my future. And if the course of my future is changed, that means the legacy I leave on the earth is changed. Come on. Whoa. So we need it like... like God came, he gave Solomon a dream. Uh, uh, Jer Jeremiah Lanthier, he was a businessman in the 1800s and he was praying, he's working really hard, but there's no grace on what he was doing because he's not following the Lord. He's just doing, God, I'm sacrificing. Bless me, bless me, bless me. I'm sacrificing here. And God's saying, hey, there's grace on this. Come and do this. So he's working really hard in New York. He's a businessman. It's not working for him. He's trying to, trying to release the kingdom of God in all that he's doing, not working for him. And so he has an idea. He spends time with the Lord in prayer. And God gives him the idea to start a 12 to 1 p.m. prayer meeting during the day and welcome all the businessmen of New York to come. He did that. He sent out pamphlets and flyers. And the first meeting he did, five people came. The second meeting he did, a little more. It got to the point where thousands and thousands of businessmen were in their lunch break coming to this prayer meeting because they knew when they came to the prayer meeting, they'd get blessed, they'd encounter God, and it would prosper them and their business. One man had a God idea, and it brought revival. You ought to read that story of the layman's revival, the layman's prayer revival, brought one of the greatest revivals to New York, all because Jeremiah Lanthia has this dream from God, no, sorry, not, an idea from the Lord. He's saying, there is grace on that idea. I'm going to learn to build with God. Maybe I'll get into what God's doing. He does it. Or, you know, I can't remember the statistics, but it would have been, it, it was over 100,000 people got saved. 
Over 100,000 people got saved in a couple years period because one man got a word from God and thought there is grace on that to build with the Lord. Rather than building the tower on my own, I'm going to build with what God wants to build. Come on. So why don't, hey, why don't we stand up? Let's stand. And I just, I believe that, I just believe that it's like, Lord, we're learning to build with you. We're learning to build with God. And I just think there's people in the room and, and you're just at that point where it's like what I was saying before, I've been sacrificing, I've been living a life for God, but it's like I'm, there's, there's no grace there. And I, I just believe there's a shift for you and I, I want to pray with you because I, just, I think God's going to come into your dream life. God's going to come into your prayer time. And, and he's really going to bring a shift into key thinking in your life and he's going to release ideas. And then, and then I, I just think that there's other people and it's like, it's like, man, I, I'm, at, I'm, at a, I'm at a key moment in my life. I'm at a key moment in ministry and in, in the ministry that God has for me and I actually want to build these rooms in my heart with the Holy Spirit. I actually want, unless the, unless the Lord builds the house, the labourer labours in vain. And it's like you're at, key, you're at a key point in your life where you're like, there needs to be this shift. God, you need to do this. And, and you, you need to like, who knows that Paul and Silas, the reason they prayed, praise God and worship God when they were in prison was because Paul had already built a house of prayer and worship in his heart. It, he, he didn't get into prison and then think it's a good idea for praise and worship. It's a good, he didn't get there and think, I should just praise so God. So, so many people will teach this and say, if you praise and worship, God will get you out of your prison. But the reality is, is we actually need to build that in our life so that when the prison comes, I naturally go into praise and worship and it flows through me. Come on. And so you get what I'm saying? Like, I think there's people in the room and it, it's like that. It's like, I just, there's key things in my life. And, uh, and I, I just, I need to learn to build with the Holy Spirit there. So if that was anyone, if this message spoke to you, I just, just lift your hands, just lift your hands and God, we're learning to build with you. And Father, I just pray, we, we just as a, a corporate anointing on this house, that word that Corey released, God, that, that we would take the land, that we'd be builders, co-laborers with you, Father. I just, I, I pray that in Jesus' mighty name for people right now. Right now, Lord, that there would be, that there would be in their hearts a, a, a depth of understanding of how to partner with you, Holy Spirit. Father, I, I pray for a fresh fire, a fresh baptism of your fiery love to stir within people's hearts in Jesus' mighty name. I declare in Jesus' mighty name over people's lives. I, I prophesy over you that you are learning to build with the Holy Spirit. I prophesy the dry areas are getting watered with the rain of heaven. I declare over you in Jesus' name that you're getting God ideas. I declare over you that you're, that you're jumping in to the stream of God's grace. And what once was hard is now easy because the Lord is building the house for you. Father, we release that over people in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. I just, just really quickly, I just feel... If you pray in the Spirit, just pray in the Spirit because I believe that God's just going to release ideas right now for people. I want you to think about the area 
I want you to think about whether it's your ministry, whether it's something in your life where you need breakthrough in. I want you to think about that area and pray because I just believe right now God's going to release wisdom. He's going to release ideas. There's grace on that. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the overflow of your grace in people's hearts, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That story, Lord, with Solomon. Solomon had that dream, Lord. I pray for dreams for people. Father, renew people's dreams life. Renew their dream life, God. Come, come invade their dream life. Cause them to dream the dreams of heaven. I ask for that, God, in Jesus.